Advent watchers and preparers. I think it was pretty true that when you were younger, your mother or father cared a whole lot about how you were dressed. She had something to say about the outfit you chose to go to church on Sunday, and he gave you this look when you headed off to school with an untucked shirt. They wanted you to look proper and nice. I'll tell you a little story about our son, Joel, and I received his permission to do this. When he was five or six years old, we discovered, our whole family discovered, that Joel didn't like receiving clothes as a present, especially as a Christmas present. So Joel would open a gift, a game, good. A Berenstein Bears book, fine. Another box of Legos, great. But if it was closed, this is what he did. He's changed. Clothes are an acceptable gift for him now. Clothes are more than just to cover ourselves up, although that's what Adam and Eve needed last Wednesday. Clothes are how we present ourselves or our children to others. And they are visible message about who we are and where we are from. When you post a picture on social media of your son wearing a shirt and a tie for his middle school band concert, his grandmother comments proudly, he looks so nice, so grown up. We'll consider clothes again this second Wednesday of Advent. This evening, we considered Joseph, the original Joseph in the Bible, the 11th son of Jacob, the first son born to Rachel. Joseph's convoluted story is all about clothes. It starts, of course, with that famous or infamous robe, that coat. Now Israel, you heard read just a few minutes ago, Jacob's new name, loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, and he made him a robe of many colors. We don't know for sure if it was a multicolored robe or simply a long and flowing coat. The Hebrew can be translated in several ways. But this coat was different and distinctive. It was all kinds of extra, as kids sometimes say. And it sent a clear message. Joseph was favored by his father over all his other brothers. And Jacob wanted everyone to know that. Mentions of Joseph's clothing and his saga continue. He is almost killed by his jealous brothers, but then sold into slavery. And that fancy coat is carried back to Jacob, dipped in goat's blood. Yet in Egypt, Jacob finds favor with his masters, only to be wooed and produced, uh, pursued by the wife of one of Pharaoh's soldiers. Refusing her seduction, Joseph flees, but Potiphar's wife holds on to his garment. Innocent Joseph is falsely convicted of sexual assault and tossed into jail. However, his God-given skill at interpreting dreams wins him a chance at freedom. He's pulled from prison and given a shave, a haircut, a fresh set of clothes, and appears before Pharaoh as a new man. And after the dreamer interprets the king's dreams, Joseph is made Pharaoh's key advisor. To signify this, Pharaoh places a signet ring on Joseph's hand and arrays him in the finest of linens. It's no longer 
just his father's custom-woven robe that says he's special. Now it's the attire of the king of Israel, of Egypt. It's no longer just his brothers who take note of his extravagant coat. Now all of Egypt sees Joseph decked in glory. There's still more. Years later, after first providing his, at first, oblivious siblings with food for their families back at home, Joseph reveals himself. He makes peace with his older brothers. Rather than punishing those who sold him into slavery, Joseph blesses them. Genesis 45 ends the account of Joseph's kindness by telling us, to each and all of his brothers he gave a change of clothes, although little brother Benjamin received not one, but five complete outfits. These brand new clothes are more than a present. They signify a new beginning for his brothers. So what does all this have to do with Advent and preparing for Christmas? Each one of those changes of clothes in Joseph's story points to Christ. Each one points to the journey that Jesus undertakes by his incarnation through his crucifixion and to his resurrection. He is the son the father loves. God's word tells us when at the moment of Jesus' birth, angels fill the sky singing glory to God in the highest. And at his baptism, the father's voice booms from the heavens. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. But his favored status along with his parables and teachings and miracles, angers his brethren. Jesus' own people reject him. Finally, they strip him naked at Golgotha, and Roman soldiers cast lots for his seamless garment, his tunic. Though Christ Jesus is placed at the pit of the cross and in the prison of death, he reigns triumphant, And rises in glory, cloaked in the highest splendor. Now Jesus wields the highest authority of the highest office. There is still more good news. Just as Joseph did in Egypt, Jesus feeds and clothes his enemies. He blesses us, the very ones who deny and mock and kill him. He gives us more than a new shirt and a pair of pants. He covers in righteousness all who are baptized into his death and resurrection. And Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, he feeds us with his full and free forgiveness. Who are these in white robes? The angel asks John. They are the ones whose garments are washed in the blood of the lamb. And these new clothes, these always new clothes, are a sign of Christ's relationship with us, his brothers and his sisters. In Christ Jesus, we are no longer clothed in our sins and shame, but are called by the Father into his court and clothed in rich robes which declare that we are wonderfully loved and graciously embraced. Yes, a grandmother beams over her tie-wearing grandson at his Christmas band concert. It looks so good on you. And this is just what God the Father says when he clothes you in Christ with the style of salvation. It looks good on you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.